are listening to the Unlabel Effect. We gather here on the first day of each month to explore all things mental health. Let us be part of your support system to inspire and motivate you to take care of your well-being. We, Vivian, Rita, and myself, Melody, welcome you to our UE community. I cannot believe that we are now at the end of season six. We had so many fantastic guests that came to our podcast. We've learned so many things from each guest: different mindsets, different stories, different experiences, different reflections that they had. We really appreciate all of you. In this episode, we decided to actually have all three of us. Sharing our own wellness stories. I'm your host Melody, and with me here today are Vivian and Rita. Hi. Hello. Hello. I'm not sure about you two, but I was so impressed how each guest were so open、mm-hmm. and really show the vulnerable side or the insecurities or the struggles they had. Yeah. And. The thing is, all the conversations we had with them, there was no pressure. I, I was so chill the whole time because、mm-hmm. it was just like talking about those topics with a very open, non-judgmental mindset was very peaceful and calming for me.、Mm. Talking to them is just like reading a book.、Mm. It's like a human form kind of book. You learn a lot from their journeys and stories. I, I just really love it. Yeah, I think it's like a masterclass of it was mental health and. And I start to shift the mindset of mental health. Like、mm. mental health is not something that is a separate subject.、Mm. It's a lifestyle. Yeah, I think everybody has experienced that reflective state,、mm. like how deep or how shallow it is. You you must have experienced that, and that is already like part of mental health. Like it's、mm. not like from a charity or from an、mm. organization or book. Or、mm. motivation talk, you know.、Mm. Our mental wellness journey has started a very different point of our lives, right?、Mm. But、yeah. I actually want to actually have this conversation to go back into slightly more minor details on how we all started this consciousness of well-being,、mm. and then now becoming us having this podcast channel, trying to give back to the community and trying to share stories so that people can resonate. With us, with unlabeling effect, and knowing that it's completely okay to sometimes feel different emotions.、Mm-hmm. Let's not label different emotions as、mm. good or bad.、Mm. I met Viv earlier, like yeah. Yeah. when we were in primary school in Hong Kong, eleven, twelve, at the age of twelve, eleven.、Yeah. And then Rita has always been in the same school, but we just never really talked, connected. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, no. we were not connected until. Our secondary school life.、Mm. I studied like, with you, Mel,、mm. and then we went. We would go to like a Starbucks, yeah, to study. Yeah, and I feel so bad for the staff there. Like <laughs> we we buy one drink and we stay there, there for, for the for whole day. day. Yeah, yeah, that's how we used to. <laughs> I, I think, think I kind of joined the study group. I think so. I think、uh, yeah. I think that's how we bonded. But it's so interesting to see how our academic performance didn't stop. Us from achieving anything.、Mm. Like Rita was not that good. We were、I、not. The, we <laughs> were not the brightest kids in no, school. No, no. Like in their standards, we were not the brightest. But like, I would never imagine Rita would be in a PhD right now. True. Yeah. No. 100%. And I really want you to go back to the school、hmm. and just tell those teachers. You、yeah. know, like I somehow I just I realize how 
impa- impactful they they are mm. to to those students. The educational part or the educational journey of every kids. Yeah. The impact of one teacher or one adult, one line that they've said could mm-hmm. have made such an impact on a yeah, kid. Exactly. And as Viv said, like I think because we academically were not the brightest kid, uh, late that's a label mm-hmm. in the Hong Kong society right. because our creativity or our skills or our performance were not meeting certain standards. Mm-hmm. But look at Rita now. Like it's <laughs> incredible. It's because you've finally found a passion. Exactly. And then you have the motivation. And, how, and how, the way that they taught students are, are just not were just not our style. Mm-hmm. It, it was the way that I learned knowledge they didn't spark curiosity in me they didn't make knowledge fun they just want you to memorize Mm -hmm. all the knowledge from the books into your brain and recite everything Mm. that's not how knowledge should be created and discussed you know maybe we bonded through like stress stress (laughs) (laughs) that's how we started bonding by studying together Mm. and then we never really lost touch we just stayed connected until now but Mm -hmm. there were times that you know we had our different uh live events that we had to go on Mm -hmm. like i went abroad then you both also went abroad but at different times in life Mm -hmm. it's a Um, miracle we're here now in hong kong three of us yes (laughs) so this is something that's worth celebrating and because of ue Mm -hmm. and labeling effect we are here again all connected in a much deeper level I think our mental story started not long before we decided to start Unlabeling Effect. Mm. And the fact that we all started working on ourselves. So when, so I, I have always wanted to do something similar, but not until Mel suggested that. Mm. I was like, I've always wanted to do something with you guys. Yeah. And I feel like this is, this is it. Like this feels right. And the reason why I, I remember I raised that conversation with mm. you too, because as you said, way before that um, suggestion, we had been having very healthy conversations on mm. mental wellness. Mm. And we actually, as this little safe bubble that we th- that three of us have, we established a very safe space that we could talk about concerns, vulnerability, insecurities, mm. fear. We normalized those conversations. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was a trigger that... The fact that I was abroad for so long, I realized that in that culture, in more of a westernized culture, mm. people talk about those things more. Mm. And in Asia, I feel like every time when I came home, when you guys were happen, when it happened that you both were also in the same like in the same city, we would talk about these things. But I was like, how often people actually talk about these things when with their trusted friends, mm-hmm. or at least in my social circle at that time? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it is like we can see the difference. We are making a change, and people are also growing to so mm-hmm. into talking these things more about these things more. Um, looking back into your childhood like when do you think it was the trigger point of you being aware that i need to connect with myself i remember i didn't really cope honestly i didn't really face that emotion i just felt attacked by people because of how i looked and academically i was put down by teachers because i I wasn't performing and what i did was just try to please people because mm. I want to be liked I want to be I want to belong so you could see that I fluctuate a lot in mm. my identity in how I look just to fit in just to 
conform to societal expectations mm. and be mainstream as mainstream as possible so that I could I could be liked I mm. think that's just the main goal of my whole childhood or teenage um, years so I did not really formulate my own identity mm. I was just being carried away by people's comments opinions mm. and that's why it kind of spilled into my adulthood like as I always say I'm always a people pleaser mm. because that was how I survived were you my happy? teenage years were you happy or were you conscious no like you were just trying to live day by day by exactly. pleasing people yeah because I want positive feedback I need people approval and affirmation mm. so that I don't have to deal with any negative emotions or triggers mm. from the external world. Mm. So I fit in. Unlike Zoe Penna, which was our guest earlier in this season, she was just so authentic. She could find herself, find her voice and identity, and she could stick to it. Mm. But in contrast, I just couldn't find mm. that in me. Did you experience something similar when you were a kid? When I was chubby? <laughs> when you were so cute and adorable <laughs> and then... <laughs> Not a lot of people think the same way. We did. <laughs> really adorable? Cute. Cute. Seriously. Yeah. I'm looking at Rita's. I, for me, I, I didn't really look too much into that. Yeah, you know? it was physical. Physical look wasn't the wasn't, parity. Mm, appearance wasn't something that I, that mattered so much to me. That's mm. why when people attacked that about me, I was just feeling weird why that why does that matter how, how tanned i am or how how chubby i am i why are you commenting on this you know mm -hmm. and that's Even why when you were young yeah you would you would think that it's weird it's weird that you are talking how tanned i am really? and attacking me so you didn't know what emotions that was you didn't yeah. have the word for it but then you just weird was yeah. the was I, the emotion was the was the reaction of yeah, how you I didn't even think it's weird I think it's something wrong in me mm. like I mm. was too chubby I was too fat mm. they were people that I respect like my aunties my teachers they mm. would tease like how I look mm. and then for a long time I always wanted to get into the fashion world but then when you were chubby when you were 12 years old I almost I talked myself down I was like oh, of course you're not getting into the fashion world look at your size you know mm. and then I, I turned into this tomboy-ish not tomboy-ish but then I would always Masculine? wear not mm, I would wear like oversized t-shirts and like those really loose jeans mm. so I won't see how big my tummy is oh. mm. And I remember in our graduation, um, it's not a prom, like graduation ceremony or mm. something, everyone dressed so nicely in their pretty dress. And I wore an oversized t-shirt dress because I didn't think that I would look good in any of those. Mm. And it was so difficult for me to gain or build my self-esteem mm. yeah so i think people's comment on myself like i i'm so impressed that you found it weird i found it weird but then i still try to change myself to fit in so what you, they think so what you they accepted me. that comment yeah i did mm. and i let that comment change who i am mm. for sure right. like mm. i try so much remember back in time i refused i turned down all the beach invites yes because you know i was a tennis player how could i not be 10 yeah you're in the road safe team exactly i wasn't proud of my 
athletic trait mm. i try to avoid all the beach dates yes. i put on heavy layer of sunscreen yes. use umbrella to block out the sun i was afraid of the sun i use a foundation three shades lighter than my skin tone <laughs> just, i remember that was that. just bizarre i remember like every time we said hey let's go to the beach and then rita would be like oh no i need to stay out of the sun i remember that was in my thought when i was a kid i didn't understand what you were going through mm. then mm-hmm. but i just remember oh rita the the friend who doesn't like going to the beach because of whatever reason she had exactly that's my that's my thought yeah. mm-hmm. like, we, i just didn't know like mm. why other kids were not liking what i was doing with my friends mm. yeah my story is the opposite mm-hmm. i remember i was bullied like when i was in primary school and i just didn't know what bully was mm-hmm. i was just mentally being manipulated by by and then friend which happened to actually not be a friend but a bully mm-hmm. to me uh she would have she spent so much time with me which falls me to the thought of she was a close friend of mine mm. um and then she would just do things and report me to the teachers and i didn't know how to process that emotional struggle of someone constantly was complaining to the teacher about me mm. and me not knowing what was being complained but i didn't have the daring to ask the teacher so i was just being trapped so trapped emotionally mm-hmm. i was like so upset every morning before i went to school i would pick up the phone i would call her and just like please like don't report me today don't like put me in trouble i'm really scared and then until one morning my mom saw or witnessed that i was just going out to the living room every morning before the usual time Mm. to make calls and then one day when she came out i was sobbing i was crying Mm. and then she was like what is going on Mm -hmm. and then that's when i realized that that's not friendship that's that's (laughs) uh, the friendship wasn't even a question anymore i think it was like i was so confused of why someone could emotionally made me feel that way that I didn't know how to process. I didn't know what it was. I was just confused and I felt sad and trapped. Mm. Those were the emotions that I understood at that point. Mm-hmm. And then because my mom saw that, I could not hide it anymore. So I had no choice but to go up to the teacher and ask what happened. Mm-hmm. Being bullied for so long, didn't even have the sense of asking why would I be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah. But I, unfortunately, I actually do not remember why I was in trouble. But I just remember the conversation with the teacher was really calming. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. So the teacher probably, as an adult, didn't really handle it. She just let that happen. She just mm. let the other person go to her. And then she just didn't have any action plan. So she would just call me in and just check on me. But I thought I was in trouble. So I was confused in that little like a fish cycle yeah i mean like what did she get out of it i don't get it like just to put you down i think it was a pleasure of i i don't know she i don't i'm not sure how she is now as a person because uh-huh. we've obviously lost touch yeah but i guess one of the option or one of the reason i could think mm. of is testing out what manipulation was as kids kids are curious mm. you know being able to have the power mm. to do something to the, the other person shows I superiority think, i think we mentioned this before hurt people hurt people mm. i mm. think she was hurt and that's why she wanted like bully there they used to be uh 
victims of bully. That's mm, what Rita yeah, said yeah. like earlier in our episodes. And I like not to dwell into that incident, but I do see a pattern of the three of us, whether it's body image or being bullied, it's that we as a kid, we fe- we felt so inferior mm. and so powerless. Mm. Yeah. We were confused. Yeah. And that's why whatever happened, we just thought that oh this is how it is this is how it is like we we should just take it because Mm. we nobody told us that Mm. you can ask questions Mm. you can you can seek help those Mm. counselors were not really those conversations weren't that common as well back in time yeah but i also think it's because kids uh, when we were kids we didn't have the education on how to label Mm. emotions Mm. we didn't have the words in mind yeah when we felt a certain way we were not sure what they were yeah and Mm. actually looking back that might be the reason why we were connected because i remember after that incident i turned myself from a person being bullied to stopping people from bullying other people Mm. so i slowly was connecting myself to the people that got bullied Mm. and then i told those people off who were the i told the bullies off Mm. and i'm not sure but maybe consciously i had the awareness that people thought that you were chubby Mm. but i was like what's wrong with that and Mm. i think that was actually the time that we crossed paths and i probably just naturally drawn to you in primary school it was towards the end of it because i was bullied like no not that you were bullied but i guess it's like when people i saw i sense like a a vibe or like an energy that people were insecure or people were going mm. through something mm. that's why you attracted both of us I, you know, <laughs> that might be the reason you know i could also <laughs> see a pattern now that why i stuck with you uh this group you know, back in time, I constantly read the room, see what's the right thing to say according to that friends group. That's mm-hmm. why I'm always part of a numerous of groups. Like I, I'm part of many friends group just because I know what's the right thing to say and I know how to please people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was kind of quote unquote popular because I'm always jumping between From- groups. Mm-hmm. But then I wasn't authentic, right? I wasn't myself. I was just trying to change myself, mold myself and fit into that group. Mm-hmm. But then with you and Melody, I can be myself. Mm-hmm. And that's why I feel comfortable. And from that stage onwards, I know h- how a friend group should be. You're making me want you know? <laughs> It was really bad back in time. You can see how I fluctuate my mm. image, my style, yes. m- the way I talk. Like when you talk about bully, I remember I was a bystander because mm. I want to please every group. Mm. And when the friend group that I was in bullying someone, I didn't say anything. Mm. And you with the juicy couture slippers. Exactly. And that was a phase. <laughs> and at some point I was a nerdy one. I was just changing a lot to fit in the environment. Yeah. 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 Social butterfly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Whereas I think Viv, you've really stayed. I've been very true to myself. You have been very true. I've been pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I could see that. I and I slowly like. I think when I saw like how you change, you didn't really change for other people. You changed to become the person that is just an elevated version of yourself. I think it's more like Mm. you have grown to grown to be the person that you wanted to become, but not 
being anyone else. Yeah, mm. I think that's how I observed it. Maybe, mm. maybe that's the reason why I most of my friendships are one on one. Like I don't have groups. Only until recent years, I was experiencing so much FOMO. Like you know, like Mel leads a very colorful life, mm. like eventful life, mm. and a lot of my as friends. That's what people see. Yeah, that's out, what people that's see. That's what people see. And a lot of my friends do that too. But then, I would feel like, oh, am I not doing enough? things mm. on the weekend am i not traveling enough but then when i'm there at the party at, at the club i don't know these people i don't care about them i want to go home mm. <laughs> you know it's it's this i didn't know who i want to be so mm. i was lost but i didn't go that out of the way like rita to you know squish myself yeah, into in groups all groups it's like <laughs> every groups it's so sad to say that there's nothing that we could have done when we were young exactly mm. like you need to grow up to realize that you are so uncomfortable yeah because you didn't know what comfortable means mm. yeah but i think that's part of the journey like i embrace that if mm -hmm. i were to go mm -hmm. back in time i would still probably experience those emotions again yeah um i think a lot of the points that we mentioned to be honest is going back to the self-worth and self-esteem like before university i was faking my way mm -hmm. what are the sources of my self-esteem i guess one is my performance and the second is how how accepted i was in social setting and in social setting i kind of ace it in my way back in time to survive and the second part of it is my academic performance and it wasn't great back in time no matter how hard i tried right mm. and i w just wasn't cut out to study in the way that how hong mm. kong education system works mm. and um then how did you ace it in uni i just found the subject that i, w I i'm really passionate about right and everything just happened for a reason that in public exam i tried my best but i still didn't get to the top school mm -hmm. the top uni in hong kong oh you were so sad and i cried for days yeah. and i still put in um in my um in the choice of uni mm -hmm. that you could fill in the form and i got into the third one that mm -hmm. i put in and that was the f like fourth uni in hong kong mm -hmm. and i got into the social science um, department and I found criminology mm -hmm. and all of a sudden all my grades were just so great because my thinking my way of thinking or dissecting thing works in mm -hmm. there so that's how I started my journey and I found my passion and I moved from having so strong of a desire to be accepted social setting in social setting to focusing of my on my achievement and mm -hmm my passion mm. that's how i shift the composition of my self-esteem mm. from 90 percent of reading room people pleasing to i guess now it's like complete opposite right now mm. so you realized that you were good because your grades were better yes mm. and teachers liked my answer right like they like That's how i think external approval though hang 100 percent yeah yeah hundred percent relationship hundred percent i also think it's because like you finally realize that the way you think and your logic is aligned there's something out there mm. that actually thinks and aligned with your thinking and my authentic self and that's like what rita is and it's approved yeah you know 
I also think that it's because the environment changed from、mm. school, from high school to uni,、mm. with a different pool of people.、Yeah. Mm. You knew how toxic it was at school because、mm. they would purposely make the make the exam so hard、mm. so that you would be good when you go outside of the、mm. school. And I think not until uni as well. For me, like we both like were in the. Student union, and that's when we—that's when I realized that oh, I would—I'm good at leading. I'm good at organizing,、mm-hmm. and like those like really outstanding students that you see,、mm-hmm. you have a chance to to be them.、Mm-hmm. And that I I do think environment change is also a very detrimental factor in. Building self-esteem because、yeah. Mel went to London, yeah, and she changed because the school was more equipped to match my yeah my needs, my personality. Yeah, I love that you said about environmental change because I remember and I recalled so many environmental changes that I made in my childhood that really were turning points for me.、Mm-hmm. The first environmental change was when I left Hong Kong. To went abroad because I remember when I was in Hong Kong in the education in in our school, I was you could say the popular one, but it's because I dressed、mm. in a way that made me outstanding,、mm. mm-hmm. and regardless whether it was a good or bad thing, I felt that way. I、mm. felt the need as a kid. I、yep. wanted to have my hair styled differently or my school skirt so short, like those kind of things. And then moving away from that toxic environment, to because I was、mm. surrounded with a toxic、Those、group people, of friends, yeah, yeah. so I felt like I had to do certain things to make myself special. Okay,、mm. and then moving to、um, my first boarding school in Cambridge, that was a girls' school that people. Did not vibe with me. Like I did not really enjoy those two、oh, yeah. years because those people were so academically driven.、Mm. Sports were optional. Right. And even if we wanted to do sports, you had to take a bus and had to be at a certain time.、Yeah. It wasn't my my kind of style, and I think that friend, those people didn't really、um, speak to me.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> like not like physically speaking, but I mean like our interests、yeah. were not the same. But then it taught me a lot because I was exposed to art, painting,、mm. creating.、Mm-hmm. That's when it really started to open up. A bit more of my brain, like a bit more of my, crea- <laughs> a bit more of my creativity. I realized that I could express,、yeah. I could express things not like, in an academic way, not just、mm. through fashion. Because I, I've always loved like dressing up. Like I've always loved、mm-hmm. that. But I opened up another level of oh, photography and art is something that it's very fun.、Mm. So that's when I was changing as a kid.、Mm-hmm. Okay, and then.、Um, After those two years, towards the end of it, I just knew like I didn't want to stay there for another two years. I needed a change of environment.、Mm-hmm. That's all I knew as a kid. I didn't know why. I just knew that that was not bringing me the happiest environment. Right.、Um, and I know that my parents were spending a lot of money to send me abroad. So I was like, no, I need to do something about it.、Mm. I need to change. And then I basically scrolled online. Found a school that I wanted to go, and my mother arranged me to go for a visit. Yeah, love that school. Love at first sight.、Mm. Okay, <laughs> love that boarding school, and I had the best two years of school. I know you、school. were so happy. I was so happy. And you、I、were was, so tanned, 
and I was so authentic. You know、mm. what I mean? Like that's the first. I think that was actually the turning point of me as a kid understanding how authenticity can make you feel happy.、Mm. That's you were I, even more tan than Rita. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I <laughs> love that. That was accepted. <laughs> that was accepted. And like, no, it's a, it's a joke. It's yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And you know what? That school really taught me. That you could be multi-talented.、Mm. That's when I realized that you don't need to just be academically、yeah. uh, excellent to be accepted.、Yeah. In that school, all my friends, or if not all of them, most of us would not just be academically equipped.、Mm. Everyone would be at least above, at least average or above.、Yeah. Some people who were not as smart, they are great at something else, and everyone embraced that. Okay,、mm, yeah. and then you could be good at sport because everyone plays sport. It was compulsory to play sport, so you were exposed to so many activities. And obviously, as kids, when you sweat, when you run, you get different hormones like endor like do endorphins, endorphins, which great, which made you feel good. Yeah, music, art, everyone was involved. So then you've discovered that wow, I could be an all-rounded person. Yeah, I was、mm-hmm. like that did not. Come to my mind as a kid growing up in Hong Kong. You could do everything,、mm. you, and if you're not great at something, if you're good at something, you, this is fine. This is great because you're doing so many things. Yep, and you have options to choose. Yeah. Let's move on. Like building our self-esteem after those changes.、Mm. She is really pushing her extreme to、mm. pursue. A PhD right now, yeah. And compared to when she failed all science subjects, oh yeah. <laughs> and, and being the least favorite kid, I know、uh, the teacher was the bully. Yeah.、Um, but I want to ask you, how did you build your self esteem after you found that criminology was your、mm. passion? At this point, I I still wasn't too aware of mental wellness, though. I just try to survive. And just work my way through、um, my journey, and it. Then I started my first romantic relationship,、mm-hmm. which wasn't great because I didn't know how to love.、Mm-hmm. As we, as our previous episode discussed,、mm-hmm. I didn't know how to love, how to receive love, and that's why we had loads of problem、mm-hmm. in that romantic relationship, which stimulate loads of unpleasant emotions in me, which、mm-hmm. I've never felt, and that was the trigger point. And people suggested me to go for couple therapy、mm-hmm. and find find the reason,、uh, find the root causes of all these.、Mm-hmm. So that was the time that I was guided to tap into my emotions,、mm-hmm. and that opened a whole new world to me.、Wow. Yeah. That was how many years ago? I guess three. Three.、Yeah. Years. I feel like Viv, you have like. You have grown so much in the past few years. I think, especially、mm-hmm. the past year, actually. <laughs> like, I think your emotional growth is like catching up so much.、Oh, really? Yeah. I think. I think How so. I think it's like your honesty. I'm not sure. Like, but just from like a outsider point of view, I feel like you're becoming more and more honest with like. Your your emotions. You're very honest with your own emotions yeah. now because、mm. I don't have any labels. <laughs> I know, but I wonder. Like, obviously, for Rita's case, it's only the past three years that that door really opened. For yeah.、You. Mm-hmm. But what's your what's what was the trigger point for you to really starting starting to? So what was it like before New York and after New York? I think between the age twenty to twenty four, I was still exploring who I am, and I didn't know who that was because I was very shielded, like by my 
ex-partner um which his intention was so great but my mindset towards the potential of me was very narrow i didn't know that i could do this i thought i would just get a job mm. and be happy get married and have kids mm. you know and then not until we broke up and then i went to new york it started off um by meeting people it's again the exposure the environment mm. change the conversations i had with my friends in new york are completely different from even like us back then the three of us our conversations was not that deep mm. we didn't explore like who, who you want to be we didn't have the language is this friendship healthy mm-hmm. how can we grow like mm. we don't we didn't know about this arena and yeah. they opened it for me mm. and I, when i came back to my usual hong kong life and mm. i looked into my relationships with my family and my friends with myself and i started to push for change mm. and it was so hard with my family because they were all unhealthy mm. and for the person to initiate that mm. and you need to keep pushing yeah. it that was very tough yeah mm. that was really really tough but i think that started i remember being by your side when you were making those changes that was the time when your emotions were constantly being challenged and triggered mm. Mm. i remember that but mm. now looking back thank god to those moments <laughs> you were so tired and frustrated with all the arguments all the shouting all the or the all the noises uh, at home mm. and we were there to listen yeah we were there to listen yeah and you were going through that phase now looking back yeah mm. You were trying to make changes, but at that point, you just knew that you didn't like it. You were trying to resist. Mm. You're trying to say no. A story on Instagram this morning about um, the mindset that one of our previous guests, Billy, also mentioned that sometimes when people trigger certain emotions of yours, mm-hmm. you can either see it as no, I want to push that away. I don't want to deal with it, or that is telling me that I have a wound mm. I need to heal mm-hmm. and I think speaking of people which your dad was a big part of your your, your trigger yeah. one of my sisters she's also a big part of my trigger because mm. with her personality we would just constantly argue we would just constantly be on edge and she put me at a position emotional position where I felt very uncomfortable and I know I do not like that Mm. I was very strong about it. You saw us fighting. We flooded the whole living room because of a without very, getting wet. Yeah, <laughs> with a very small minor argument. So yeah. that was a, you guys also witnessed my change because yeah. I knew I liked a calming and very civil environment, mm-hmm. whereas I was not getting that whenever I was home with my sister. Mm-hmm. That was my battle in my mind. It reminded me when we started enabling effect. I think the first few months you were at my place and then we were talking about letting go or something and then we helped mel dissect her Mm. fear of missing out and chasing time Mm. and then she had that like aha moment yeah Yeah. i do think as zoe penna said like one of our previous guests mentioned it's so important to surround yourself with people Mm. that would help Mm. you Mm. to you know like this is your pattern mm. you cannot see that but we see it mm. yeah that made me realize that it's cool to seek help 
Mm. With every guest, we always like in the end ask like what kind of label you want to unlabel. But this is a little sneak peek. I do want to unlabel the fact that seeking help is so damn cool. Mm. Like asking mm. for help, knowing that the world is full of possibilities, and you can actually connect. With people through mm. these kind of struggles, it's beautiful. Yes, yeah. so beautiful. I want to ask you guys your progress of constantly mm. identifying who you are and constantly figuring out. Mm. Oh, this is from the past. Like maybe, for example, mm. for Mel, she burns out so mm. often, mm. and that is a pattern. Yeah. And you're still discovering that. Mm. And what is that emotional process? That you go through. Mm. It's something that I've witnessed. Thank God that I have you two as my support system. I have my parents. I have like myself, my reflective self, and my awareness of identifying emotions. Mm. I think that's a big part of it. The si- the signals of me getting to a burnout, they were there. Mm. It's my choice. I think I was still sometimes in denial, or I ignore those signs that. Hey, like you are about to burn out, but I decided and I chose to still keep going, and right. then that's why I think I was scared of not doing enough. I yeah. was, I felt like it was never enough. It would never be enough. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to push, mm-hmm. and I would push myself to a limit that was over mm-hmm. the limit that I could handle. That's why I would break down, and I would also burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, I am definitely still in the process of understanding how to best address those emotions and doing the right mm. thing at the right time. Yeah. But even I think, as you said, seeking help, like having you two telling me that I'm showing signs, or my partner telling me that I'm seeing this pattern, mm. like mm-hmm. you know, you need to do something. So I know that I'm. I'm handling it better every time, right. but I'm still I still haven't found the best way yet. But because pe- I do believe that we all have a growth mindset, and that's why we hear, mm-hmm. and that's why we're having a labeling effect. Is because we want growth, we mm-hmm. want to help people, we want to give. Yeah. And even though with all three of us we have a full time job, mm. Rita has two jobs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Viv, you're trying to not only handle a full time job, you're yeah. also starting your own business on the side, like me. Stay tuned. Yeah, <laughs> and me running like my family business mm. and trying to also like work on UE. Yeah, like we are very stretched. We have a lot of things on our plate, but we are doing it because we have the motivation, we have the purpose, yeah. and we want growth. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause we want to grow yeah. continuously. Yeah, as well put. Yeah, and that's why I think I do embrace the burnout. I don't want to get myself to the point where I have to burn out, and that's why I'm acting on it. Mm-hmm. But I do think every trigger that triggered me to break down or to feel uncomfortable, they are telling me something that I need to address because it's my choice to choose to act on it or not. Speaking of trigger points, I do think there's no one trigger point that made me. Start my wellness journey. I think it's constantly triggering, mm. triggering me. Mm. I mean, there there are constantly things or people that trigger me, mm. and I'd be like, "Ooh, this is new." There's an image in my head that I want the person who I want to be is gonna have experience working in corporate, blah blah blah. But then I guess like two years ago, I 
all my work experience were in like small firms Mm -hmm. like 20 people max and i did have a lot of power i did manage teams i hire i fire people Mm. but there's always like part of me that doesn't feel fulfilled Mm. and then i remembered i took a day off and then i grabbed my laptop and i went to repulse bay sat in a cafe and i listed out all the failures and success that i have encountered Mm. and then that's the aha moment for me i've been living my life under fear Mm. like i made a lot of choices based on fear i took the job because i thought i will not find another job i stayed in a relationship because i'm scared of being lonely Mm. and and what we did just now too is the same thing like we reflected on the choices that we made why we feel the way we feel and then we get answers Mm. and then we know like this is something that i've always escaped or avoid thinking about Mm. what about you rita like do you realize that you have something in your mind or there's always been this missing piece I think because I put my passion and interest in my work and that's not my career and work. Mm. That's me. You mm. know? I'm just using academic as a channel to fulfill my duty in this life. You know, that's what I think. Because wow. I feel like academic skills is my gift. Mm. You know, because mm. I'm good at this. So it's like it this comes easy for me. So mm. I'll use this, l- leverage this to serve the community. Well said. So I guess the reason why we have this podcast is because we can have a lot of conversations like this Mm. i think if we talk about our stories we can certainly go on and on and on (laughs) and that's why we want to have different seasons because the stories is never ending Mm. because of the fact that we are continuously growing Mm. um the last question as we have been doing for this whole season is one thing that we want to send out the message to our audience on what do we want to unlabel i personally think that throughout my journey one thing that i really would love to share how powerful that unlabeling effect is Mm -hmm. is that try to withhold that judgmental lens that you have when you feel certain emotions try to unlabel the negative image of words that we've mentioned a lot in this episode for example Mm -hmm. sadness when you feel lost when you feel confused when you feel jealous like all these words can you try to see them with a lens without that negative um association to it yeah i think that would really really help one's growth on their mental health it is unlabeling some labels but question your labels Mm. question your old beliefs Mm. maybe they're right Mm. but maybe they're a bit outdated Mm. 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 and the fact that we can feel again is a gift yes yeah and i think don't ignore those emotions don't push them away they'll tell you as one of our previous guests jessica halton mentioned like those emotions are gonna come out in physical symptoms Mm. so it doesn't work Mm. I, I, I sometimes I don't think that we are in, we voluntarily want to be attuned with our emotions. It, it has to be done mm. <laughs> for and, you to be happy. <laughs> yeah, and that's why my greatest lesson is to create that space 
to understand those emotions sit with them and understand them the space that i created for myself is to be alone mm -hmm. that's why today i really want to unlabel the label of being alone is negative or uncool you know for the longest time i just didn't know how to be with myself mm -hmm. i always try to have social interactions to silent my mind mm -hmm. or to distract myself from understanding my emotion all the incidents that i, I was forced to be alone when i was abroad I just had to force to sit with my thoughts and I know that's the greatest skills that you could acquire to for self-development because without understanding or knowing yourself you don't know how to set boundaries you don't know how to communicate and that's why my previous relationship failed because I didn't know myself mm. and I was a people pleaser that's why I always give and give to get validation and mm. approval mm where to an extent that i lost myself completely mm -hmm. and that's why being alone is so important that i think everyone should regardless how busy you are you have to put time aside and be your best friend and talk to yourself that's all for our season six mental health stories when sharing really is caring to create better content for you all we will return after a three months break stay tuned for our season seven i am not series which will be releasing on the 1st of march 2024 while we are on our break let's continue the conversation on instagram at unlabeling effect please subscribe to our podcast on spotify and itunes and give us a rating until then dare to feel dare to be real <laughs>